Thank you for joining me today on the Who God Says podcast. I am your host and Kingdom Ambassador, Ty Chandra. Hi, hi, hi. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> ah, today, our special guest is uh, the host of Unleash Thyself podcast. He is also a holistic life empowerment mentor and coach, Constantine Maroon. Welcome. Uh, Tyshandra, thank you so much for the warm welcome. It's such a pleasure to be here with you and to have this beautiful conversation. I'm so excited. I'm glad you're able to come on. I know we had a little bit of technical difficulties, but thank you so much for your patience. Absolutely. Absolutely. My pleasure. Oh my gosh. Um, so this has been a long time coming, but I'm so excited. So, um, we talked previously, and I know that you had a change in, um, I would say, religious practices, right? You could say that, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, but I want to just ask, like, where did you grow up, and what was it like growing up, your family life, and, like, your spiritual background? Yeah, no, I, I, that's a great place to start. I was born in Eastern Europe back in the 80s when most of Eastern Europe was still a communist place and the place i was born in romania was a communist country until the 90s and most of romanians are christian orthodox mm -hmm. so not to say catholic but orthodox so very very similar but yet plenty of differences and the religion was part of my life in the sense of we celebrated easter and christmas like everyone else within the christian religion but also we went to church every now and then and that was through most of my young life. Now, personally, I never got sent to like Sunday school or any of the things that some people get sent to, mm -hmm. but I never really felt an attraction to the church or to what was being thought. I wasn't made to read the Bible. I read parts of it throughout my life. It's one I don't believe. I mean, there's many beautiful stories and many things that make sense to me and some things that don't make sense. But as I, as I got older, I was about 17 when I moved to Canada. And that religion became even less important in, let's say, our life because the Orthodox religion in Canada is not as big, so less churches, less places where you can go and, and, and meet people, even though there were still some in the area. Mm -hmm. We got to, to go. And then eventually, by the time I was in my early 20s, moved out on my own, religion was never a big part of my life. Yeah. And I, I was calling myself an agnostic for, I would say, most of my 20s. But then I had some spiritual experiences that kind of changed that, right? And more in my 30s, so I'm 40 now, but more in my 30s, I had some spiritual experiences. When I mean spiritual, I mean, what do I mean by spiritual? Because religious is spiritual, but there's also, you know, so many different religions and so many different practices. For me, it's knowing that there is, a let's call it God, right? If we were to, to, to say that because of your podcast name and everything, I can call it God, I can call it divine, the universe, our higher self. People believe in many things. And it doesn't necessarily make anyone wrong. We all know that there is something bigger than us that we don't see, we can't see yet, mm -hmm. but we can connect with. And then, of course, we can connect with the nature around us. We are part of nature and we connect like you and you and I, Tashandra, and me and my dogs. And when I walk in nature, I connect with trees and everything else, right? So all that is part of what I would call spirituality, where you, you, you have an understanding that you're part of the puzzle and you are connected with everything. And there's a lot more that comes with it, but that's kind of the gist of it. So hopefully that answers your question. That's kind of what I am today. <laughs> so um, it's like the actual um, 
um, religious rituals is what you have like given up and you connected more spiritually to the energy and surrounding of God and the elements. I love how you put that. Yes. <laughs> so I see. So here's, I'll take you, I'll give you my controversial take perhaps on how things happen. My understanding now, based on my research, based on the mentors and coaches I follow and I've gone to work with, if you trace back all religions that we have in the world, they essentially all stemmed from one big religion. And because of wars and how people appropriate things that they have found, then all the religions were born. And over time, every religion went through different iterations of it, depending on who was in charge. And because men, unfortunately, and I'm a man too, and you are part of the the, 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 the humanity, everyone is, we kind of fall prey to our weaknesses. And then we want to control, then we want to get money. So then things get changed. But the core messages are still there, right? The core messages start in the Bible, the Quran, all the big religions, as well as other spiritual practices. They're all very similar. They all start with love and gratitude and appreciation and kindness to yourself and others and nature and everything else. All those concepts are the same across the board. To me, when I look at religion as it stands right now, I see all the beauty in it and I also see all the flaws as well. And I'm I'm someone that I rather follow what I believe in, which is the beauty stuff with all the flaws. And that's how I practice, right? So I don't, I don't go to a church. I have my own practices at home. So I have my prayer routines, you can call them incantations. Some people do mantras, even if you want. I have my meditation practices that connect me to my divine, to my God, so to speak. Okay. Right. So there are those are practices that I do within my own sanctuary. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of people they look at religion. Um, some people look at it as it's their everything, and some people look at it as I can do without it. Now, I am a firm believer in Christ, and I don't practice religion as far as um, Catholic, Baptist. um, I I don't practice religion like that. Um, I am a spiritual person. I connect with the Holy Spirit. And so I connect with the Holy Spirit, like you said, at home. I do have a church, um, but, you know, at home we have our prayer hour every uh, evening at six o'clock. And um, right now my family and I, we're doing 21 days of fasting. So we have those little things, but (laughs) we're not a part of um, the mundane rituals where every Sunday you have to do this. Every Wednesday you have to do this. Every Saturday you have to do this. No, that's not, that's not how I view my connection to God. That's not how I view my no. my relationship because I view it as a relationship. I talk exactly. to him, he talks to me. It's give and take. And I don't want that to be controlled, manipulated, or um, ostracized by someone or something just to say I'm a part of a church or I'm a part of a religion. So um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, so, so and I agree with you there, Tashan. Yeah. That's that's how I see it as well. And I'll be honest with you, if you think about it, like you have your prayer hour between six and seven, right? Mm-hmm. I have similar practices that include prayer, that include me connecting to my divine, yeah. to to my God, and that's through meditation, through this. And these are practices that have a set, not necessarily set times, but like a set periods, meaning 
before I go to bed, when I wake up. And it doesn't make yours or mine better than the other, right? It's just what we, how we found that connection, how we found to foster that relationship between us and the whatever energies are out there that we realize have a much bigger say in our life than we maybe have known in the past. And it sounds like you've known for a while. For me, it's, uh, let's call it a bit newer. <laughs> Well, I've, I I wouldn't say a long time, but um, for definitely within the last 10 to 12 years, definitely. Yeah. But as I grew up, um, my dad was Catholic, um, but he never like pushed it on us because we didn't, I don't even remember going to church with my dad maybe twice. Okay. So, and he was Catholic. But my uh, my grandmother and my nana, she was uh, Baptist, and she actually had me baptized. I think I was like eight years old when mm. um, I was baptized, and didn't really know what it was. I just knew that my nana said I had to go get baptized. <laughs> so um, that was the only type of religion I was exposed to, and. Um, I just didn't understand why things were being done. Like it wasn't explained to me. It was just that this is how it's supposed to go. And when I got older and I started, you know, seeking out being a part of a church for myself, um, I just noticed a lot of things that people did and didn't have any um, explanation or they didn't even understand why it was being done. And as I started exploring the Bible for myself, I understood a lot of time that people have rituals and they have practices that God didn't even ask them to do. And so, and so I was like, okay, I have to find my own way. Um, this path is, it cannot be a broad spectrum path. It has to be something that's intimate between him and I. And so that's, that's yeah, kind of that. what laid me to just, understand that it's not really about all of the I would say appointments because that's how I felt I felt like you're right. appointments. you're right I mean one element about the church that I did like when I used to go and it's a big part of I would say my life as well in a different way is the community aspect not the do as you're told don't question it because that's something I always had problems with Right. Be it in church, be it at school, and it sounds like you you are the same. Yep. But the community aspect is great because at least it gets you in in an area where there are other people of like mind, yep. which means you can form that connection. And then ideally, you each find your own answers because contrary to popular belief, no one has all the answers, no not even close. I mean, I would say some people will hold some piece of the puzzle, but that's it. At best, a piece of the puzzle. Yep. Let's take a quick break. Hi, everyone. Join the Kingdom Fanatics community. Get exclusive content, green room access with our guests, and more. Visit our website at whogodsays.com. Like and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We greatly appreciate your love and support. To find all information on joining our community, being a guest on the show, donating on our PayPal donation page, and more.
Visit us at whogodsays.com. Now back to the show. Right. Absolutely right. No one has all the answers. Yeah. Um, so you are a host yes. of Unleash Thyself Podcast. Um, you're also a coach, a mentor and coach and strategist. A strategist. Strategist, yes. Yeah, a strategist. Um, so how has your personal journey influenced your professional life? Like what role does your spirituality play in that process? That's a, I love the question. Uh, and thank you for asking that. Uh, it's a beautiful question because when I talk to people, it tends to be a fairly divided camp. One is like, you know, spirituality does not belong in the workplace. There's no tie there. Absolutely nothing. And then there are others that are like, yeah, you know, I, I bring what I learned into, into my professional life. Mm-hmm. And for me, the way spirituality showed up in my life is because as soon as I, let's call it, become spiritually awake mm-hmm. and go on this path, Right, and I believe it's a path, it's a journey, it's a voyage. Right, like it, it, it's going to be for life. I'm going to always evolve and, and learn and grow. I became to understand more about the connection between, like I mentioned, right, between us and nature, which meant us and other humans. So it brought more compassion, more love, more understanding into my life, more appreciation, more gratitude, and I'm able to take that into my professional life, which means it makes me a better coworker, a better customer to work with, or vice versa. I work with customers, so it makes me someone that they look forward to working with because it's not about numbers first. It's not about results first anymore. It's about the person first. And then of course there are outcomes that we are both after. And, but then when you start with the person first, the relationship builds a lot stronger mm-hmm. and then the rest takes care of yourself because now I have a relationship. Now it doesn't mean that everyone is going to be my best friend at work, but it doesn't mean I can't extend them compassion and empathy and realize that just because they're late five minutes to a meeting, it doesn't mean that they disrespect me or they don't value my time. It could simply mean you know, they have a newborn at home or they have 10 meetings in a day, so they're running late, right? It doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter why they're late. I can extend compassion and empathy regardless of the, of the reason. And when I kind of had a big epiphany years ago as part of my journey, bringing it back into my work, that was transformational. And then the other aspect of it, which is less talked about, is increasing my vulnerability and authenticity. Meaning that, for example, literally just earlier today, I had a conversation with my team where I presented for half an hour on my journey. And I talked openly for the first time with them about my depression. Um, When I had my darkest time in 2022, when I was suicidal, the challenges I went through and how I came on the other side and all the things I've gone through. These are things that people don't share in the workplace. I mean, they don't share in their life period because they, they feel like others will put them down or think differently. And that's how I was, right? And when I realized that being vulnerable means actually owning up to who you are without any excuses and just coming from the heart, which is what I try to do every day, then that brings authenticity and that brings a connection with people, even virtually, to a level that you've never seen before. I mean, I'll tell you in a year of doing this, I mean, I started my podcast in May of 2022. We're recording this in January, right? So not even seven, eight months later, the transformation and the connections with people that I've made. If you had told me this 12 months ago, I would have not believed you, honestly. (laughs) And it's transformation. And it all stemmed from the fact that I allowed the vulnerability and I allowed the authenticity in. And, you know, you asked me about professional work. Well, this spans all of it, professional, personal, everything in between. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, the first thing you said when you teach when you treat people like people. Um, I think mo most people in business they feel like the goal is most important, so they lose sight of you actually have people that's working in this business, and so people they're just like you. They have feelings, they have lives, they have heartaches, they have struggles. So I think a lot of time the humanity of it all is taken out of business, and and that's why a lot of people can't see how your spirituality actually affects business and your career as well. Exactly. Um, I believe that it's if, if you're grounded, spiritual, spiritually grounded, and you have this different type of awareness that other people don't have, you you see things, you sense things, you feel things that other people don't. Um, and I, I do believe that you have a little bit better understanding just because you're a lot more open to people and to experiences. But um, yeah, businesses usually take the humanity out of business and careers and all they focus on is the goal, the money, you know, we got to get our numbers. And unfortunately, I believe that's why a lot of businesses suffer with like turnover and um, having problems with um, like people still in time. We had a, a meeting at work yesterday where there were people on another team. We have several teams um, that would log their hours and if you look at the work, it's on, like they will log, I have 45 hours of work. And if you look at the work, it's like 10 hours. <laughs> yeah. But when, when you, when you devalue the actual person, now they're coming here and it's like, okay, well, it's just a check. You know, it's a check. I'm going to do the bare minimum. I'm supposed to be here for 40 hours. I'm going to log 40 hours of time. And, and yeah. I think that's where that all stemmed from. They don't feel valued as people. Yeah, and if you look at the research, there's a lot of research coming out. And for example, we know that people leave jobs because of their managers usually, right? That's a big reason why people leave or the boss, whoever the boss is. But if you look deeper than that, it's actually because of a lack of appreciation, lack of gratitude, lack of understanding, lack of connection. That's really what the research is showing the majority of people. And in, in fact, if, you, if you're if you a boss or a manager, a leader of any sort, and you increase the level of appreciation you're doing gratitude to your employees, like you increase the chance that people stay significantly. Because imagine like if I have a connection with you and I know that you appreciate me and you're going to fight for me to the very end, you're gonna, and I know you're not going to win every battle with your superiors, but if you are on my side and you, like you said, you, you bring the humanness back into it, I mean, yeah, it's going to be harder for me to leave. I mean, of course, if I still don't get paid properly and there's other things, I'm still going to leave. But then I'm not leaving because of management. I'm leaving because, well, not immediate management, perhaps upper management. Right. And you're absolutely right. And especially in a capitalist environment like we are all in, you kind of have to sacrifice the human so you can go after the profit. That's pretty much the entire premise of the system based on my limited understanding in the sense that if you have to go after profits all the time, you cannot put feelings and emotions and, and people first yeah. in, in the fixed mindset. I mean, that's what they see. You cannot do that because if you do that, then you can make the profits. But then on the flip side, you have many companies that are being super successful in this environment doing that and showing you, yeah, you know what? It's doable. It's not easy. It's not the norm, but it can be done. But most companies, especially the old school ones, they think it's not possible. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, especially if they're like set in their ways. This is our standards. This is our process. And they're not open to, um, you know, doing things a new way. Yeah, they definitely. Exactly, exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. So what what are some of the struggles that you face or you've overcome in business and in your career? And how did your spirituality help you or center you during those times? That's a good question. I mean, there have been many, uh, many throughout my life, right? So if um, I have a list here that I always like to go through uh, of things in the sense that the list is something to remind me of the things that will show up in our lives at different times. Sometimes they're more persistent than other times. Uh, personally, as I mentioned already, um, I fought depression for a long time. Since overcame it. I'm better equipped now to deal with it, to spot when things come up and deal with them in the moment, to not allow them to snowball into into worse things. And I thought I was only depressed, you know, in 2022. It was really bad, as I mentioned, suicidal. But then I, you know, after I came out of it, I realized actually, you know, I've been depressed for a very long time. It was the ups and downs of depression, right? There's anxiety, there's stress and burnout. But then there are things that my mentor and I call the thieves of our dreams. So these are challenges that pretty much all humans to some degree struggle with that will show up in your life at times. Sometimes they're always there. Sometimes for some of us, they only show up at times. And why I call them the thieves of our dreams is because essentially they steal your dreams from you. They steal your power from being able to realize your vision, your dream. And these are the 10. And I'm curious to see your take, uh, Tashandra. So write them down. Yes, and it's no specific order. So don't think the first one is more important than the last one. They're all okay. important. So procrastination, mm. hesitation, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of rejection, imposter syndrome, self-loathing, self-doubt, stress, and overwhelm. When I share this with people, they're like, yeah, I mean, I have at least a half of those, if not all of them. I haven't met anyone that says, you know what? I don't suffer with any of this. You're full of it. And that's because, I mean, we are humans. We all grow up in environments where we get put down. Some of us get bullied. Some of us have trauma and we get impacted, right? And then we grow up with those ideas. We don't know any better. And then we get fearful. We have fear of rejection because we don't want to be abandoned. We have fear of failure because we remember that when we failed in school, our parents beat us up or they yelled at us or our teachers made us feel stupid or you name it. So that's, that's, that's why I say these are the challenges I've gotten to truly understand how they showed up in my life, right. found ways to overcome them. Mm -hmm. And now it's not like they don't show up again, but when they show up again in my life, when I realize, wait a second, I'm hesitating, I can be aware of it. I can accept it and say, you know what? I have a choice now. I know how to deal with this. Do I want to deal with it? which the answer should be yes. Yeah. Or you can say, no, you know what? I'm too tired. I'm going to let this be for now. And then just move on with my life. Mm. Same with procrastination, self-doubt, you name it. Okay. So I think I missed three. Procrastination, <laughs> hesitation, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of success, self-doubt, imposter sy syndrome. And then the last three are self-loathing, so when you beat yourself up and you put yourself down all the time, that was a big one for me, by the way. Stress, stress. Mm -hmm. so we, you know, lots of people are, fe are feeling stressed these days. And overwhelm, the idea that when you have too many things to do, you get overwhelmed and then usually you procrastinate. That's another one. 
that goes hand in hand, but overwhelm is a big one as well. Because you have work and you have kids and you have, I don't know, a ton of projects and life to worry about. That, that's me. So I get a bit overwhelmed and then um, I would say I get hesitant, but I always kind of know that I actually, I have to do it. I'm, I'm a single mom. So it's like, if it, if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. So <laughs> I, I do get overwhelmed and I'm hesitant. Um, I don't, I do procrastinate, but I think it's like a brief procrastination. It's like, maybe I'll put it off until tomorrow, but I ultimately know if I don't do it, it, it won't get done. So, yeah. Exactly. And some people will be better or worse at that too, right? So some people will have more impact from fear of failure and let's say self-doubt than they would from the other ones. But anyone listening, take a look at the list, see if uh, you resonate with any of them. And as I said, I mean, I've worked people in my professional life. I do workshops at, at my job at Microsoft. I do workshops for the public. I do podcasts, right, as a guest and as a host. I coached dozens and dozens of people and do group coaching and one-on-one -on -one coaching. I haven't met anyone to say that, you know what, I have none of those. To be honest, most people have five or more that they've struggled yeah. with at some point in their life because you see, they're, they're not going to be like, oh, you know what, this is always here. I mean, if it is, then obviously you want to deal with it right away. Right. But they show up at different times of your life. Sure now, is. sometimes, for example, I'll give you an example and you'll resonate with this, being in the field you are, perhaps, when it's tax season and I do my taxes, there's a lot of procrastination and overwhelm happening because it's something I don't want to do at all. But then I have to do it and then I keep putting it off and putting it off and then it creates more stress. And then this loop happens where it becomes worse and worse, right? Now, of course, now I know better, so I have the tools to deal with it. But that's what happens when you don't treat one. It usually spills into another one yeah. and then it creates this big fire that if you don't put out, it's going to consume your entire life. Exactly. Yeah. Especially spot on with the taxes. <laughs> yes. Right. Because that's something that everyone has to do. Right. So, right. Uh, but hey, if you found a way to not pay taxes, unless you're a billionaire, come talk to us. <laughs> Let us know how. <laughs> right. Right. Don't say, well, I don't pay taxes. Yeah. You probably. Help us out. Help us out. Yeah. Yeah, um, but yes, that's, um, those are the challenges. And as yeah. I said, the, the, the most important thing I want people to understand is, there's two parts to it, but this is the most important aspect. You hold the power to change any of these, change any of your circumstances, change any of your limiting beliefs. I know it may sound crazy, you may not believe it, but you do hold the power. And once you realize it, that means you can do something about it. Now, just because you hold the power doesn't mean you're going to overcome them and they stop showing up. That was something that I... I now realize why, why it happens the way it does. So let's say I've overcome procrastination, right? I'm good now. I overcame it. It's not like the challenge itself won't show up and you will not be presented with another opportunity where you can procrastinate, for example. It will show up because that's life. You don't control your environment. You don't control many aspects in your life. So things will happen. You will get a list that maybe tomorrow is twice as big as it was yesterday. So overwhelm, procrastination might sneak in. But now at least you have the knowledge and the power and understanding and awareness to do something about it. So like you said, Tashana, you know, the great example is like, yeah, you might let it off for a day, but you will get to it before it becomes a big problem. 
Because if you don't deal with it, it's going to become a big problem and then you're going to be even less likely to do anything about it. Yeah. I, I think my children pay, play a big factor in me um, keeping me together because I know that I'm their example. So I don't want, you know, they're, they're watching kids know more than we let oh, yeah. So I don't want them to see me do something. And then I tell them something because, you know, kids, they'll bring it up. <laughs> well, you didn't do it. You know what? <laughs> Lead by example, right? That's uh, right. that's something that uh, it was uh, a hard lesson for me because, yeah, like you said, I, I had, you know, when I grew up, not to say just in my family, but in school and whatnot, you were told, well, you got to do it like this. Yet people that were telling you that weren't doing it. Yeah. And you're like, well, it, I mean, like I said, kids are smart. Kids absorb a lot. And that's how you learn to not trust yourself and not trust others. Yeah. And then that spirals into some of these things that we talked about. Right. I had, um, I, I didn't have a fear of failure until I actually failed in a business before. But then I kind of understood that. It wasn't like I failed. It was more of you have to make the mistakes so you can learn. But yes, yes, yes. For the yes, longest, yes. I had a fear of success. I had exactly. that fear for years. And the crazy thing is I would pray to be successful in all that I do, but I'm fearful of it. <laughs> well, and that's it. That's, I, lo I love that you brought it up because... A lot of people actually, when I tell them about fear of success, they're like, what do you mean fear of success? How can anyone be fearful of success? And they don't realize it shows up in your life without you even knowing, mm -hmm. right? And I'm assuming yeah. you can't relate to that. Yeah. 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 Most of the time, uh, when you're when you reach your idea of success, because most of the time it's different for different people, but when you are in the in the atmosphere, in the area of what you figure is success, then now you start to realize your responsibilities are different. Your, um, <laughs> your attachments are different. Your, it's just a, you're in a different space. And so, yes, there could be a fear of success because now you have other people that's dependent on you, not just you. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a lot of things that played into it in, in, um, yeah, for a long time, it was, I want to be successful. But as soon as my life started looking like what I was praying about, I was terrified. <laughs> I didn't want to do anything wrong. I didn't want to lose what I built. I didn't want um, want to have responsibilities as if, you know, everything is already on your shoulders, but one wrong move, and now it doesn't only affect you, it affects eight more people and then their families. And then, and so that's where my fear of success came from. But I, that's a I, beautiful example, Tasha. And I'm happy you, you overcame it. And for those listening, really the fear of success really stems from the thoughts you have yes. of what success will ultimately cost you. Yeah. Right. So it could be the relationship with those eight people because you're letting them down the relationship with yourself because you're letting them down, you're letting yourself down. Right, there are feelings of not being good enough, perhaps. Um, you have a potential to lose friends. That was a big one for me holding me back. I'm like, oh, I'm going this path. That means obviously as I improve myself, as I work on myself, as I go to new heights, certain people will be left behind, friends, family. And that's that's a big fear for people because it goes with fear of rejection and fear of 
judgment and fear of abandonment. Like there's a bunch of ones connected where it's like, because you have a need to fit in and need to belong, losing people doesn't really work well with that. So it comes as part of fear of success, because if you become successful, that means maybe you hang out with different people. Maybe you have to spend more time on things and projects you wouldn't normally do. So now you don't have time for other things, right? So there's many other ways it shows up. But I love the example you gave. Very beautiful. What inspired you to start um, Unleash Thyself podcast? Yeah, the Unleash Thyself podcast was essentially how I thought... I would execute on my why, my purpose in life. Because you see, the biggest catalyst in my transformation somewhere in 2022, summer of 2022, was finally uncovering what my why and my purpose in life was, or at least the first version of it, right? Because I've always been a, a person asking, like even as a young child, I remember five, six years old, it's like, what's the purpose to life? To me, it never made sense that we grow up, go to school, get a good job, have a family, hopefully raise a few good kids and then die. To me, that never makes sense. I'm like, okay, that's, that's great. That's part of it. But what, why am I here? What's the purpose? Anyway, eventually in 2022, after thousands of hours of reading and listening to podcasts and watching videos, I put my head down. I came up with what I thought my why and my purpose was. And the way I see it now is that it evolves with you. So you have one, you find one, then, you know, that allows you to expand as you expand it adjusts. And as that adjusts, you expand more and it's a beautiful dance. And when I found it, I was like, okay, well, how do I execute on this? How do I bring more of it into my life? And then conversations happened. I got to chat with a really good friend of mine. She told me about this amazing healer, spiritual healer that has been able over 25 years to help thousands of people cure from cancers and diabetes and uh, fibromyalgia and things that you don't normally cure from. So I got interested and I said, well, how, you know, will he be interested to have his voice or his story out in the open so he can impact more people? And that's kind of how the idea of podcasting for this area came up. But it took me, you know, another six months to really bring the idea to life. In January of 2023 is when I put my thoughts down I went to all my friends, colleagues, coworkers that would listen. I said, hey, this is my idea. I want your feedback. With every conversation, my confidence grew because people were really like, wow, this is amazing. And then my show went live in May, but I was recording episodes with guests since like March. And I had hundreds of people wanting to be on the show, even though I had no episodes live and the demand was there. So it was like, that's kind of how the journey started. And that's why I have two episodes a week. And eventually... Uh, through the later parts of 2023, now I have a solo episode every week where I take topics like this, you know, how to overcome procrastination or how to change our limiting beliefs or psychology or anything like that, research it, put an episode out, but also have an episode like you're doing right now, Tashandra, bring a guest in, have a conversation, and then post it. That's amazing. That's awesome. You say you do two episodes a week. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit of work. I signed up for a bit much, but I'm enjoying it because now it gave me the flexibility to do my own episodes as well. So it's yeah. all the stuff I talk about on other shows because I realized I like talking. Oops. But <laughs> I like talking because as I learn, I want to share with everyone because if it benefits me, those around me, those I coach and mentor, then I'm sure it's going to benefit at least someone else in the audience. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. That's, it's 
it helps to have a pathway through. It helps to have, like you said, your why. Um, I first heard that from Alex Sanfilippo. Is that where you heard it from? No, no. Yeah. I, I only met Alex way after this oh, entire okay. thing. Yeah, I first heard it from him and I was like, that makes absolute sense. Like, yeah. And when you know your why, and my why was because I I didn't even want to do it. <laughs> I didn't I did not want to do it, but I really felt like spiritually I was being pushed to do it. And so yes. um and kinda like you before I even before I even started recording, I had people already um scheduling to be interviewed and I was so nervous. Oh, I was like, what in the world? <laughs> What am I supposed to do? Well, that's when you know you're doing something right, at least at least part of it, right? And yeah. with the with the why and purpose, if I may add really quick, here's the what I tell people. Because they ask me the question, is like, why is it important? Does everyone have a why and a purpose? Mm-hmm. Bunch of questions come up, right? Yeah. First, the second question that does everyone have one? I believe they do. It's very different from person to person. However, a lot of it has to do with being in ser- like service to yourself and service to others. Mm-hmm. And the way I see it is that we navigate our life based on everything that we've learned in our younger years. So that's usually what we learn from our caretakers, be it your parents or grandparents, like in my case, your teachers, whoever raised you, whatever mentors you you had in your life. And that means you took their ideas and their definition of what your life should be like and goals. If you're fortunate enough, you may have had better mentors and coaches that empowered you to kind of find your path. Most people are not fortunate to have that. Now, that means that most of us don't really have an understanding why we do things, who we are below the indoctrination, below all those lessons we learn, below the boxes that people put around us or the boxes we put around ourselves. Who are we? And that's what finding your why, finding your purpose does for you. And that's what I do with my clients when they come to me. It's like, let's actually get below the surface. So Tashandra, who are you below the surface level? What shows up in your interactions? What gifts have you come into this life with? Because there is the why, which is something that people focus on, but that's usually fairly genetic. I'll tell you mine. Mine is to inspire, empower, guide, and support individuals on their life journey so they too can find joy, fulfillment, success, abundance, and joy, or I said joy already, happiness in life. And their world becomes a better place. Now, you can say that's fairly generic, but then there's the gifts and the strengths that come with it, meaning that how are you actually going to take that and put it into practice, into whatever it is that you do? And that missing piece is the gifts and the strengths. And most people have at least three to four to six, seven gifts and strengths that they can really focus on. And when I did those exercises for myself and I, I got the list up and I looked at it, so I told you my why, one of my gifts, as I see it, is being an optimist. Mm-hmm. Now, I had to convert being an optimist into a statement so I can see it as an action. So what do I mean by optimist in my case? I'm someone that approaches every situation by looking at what? The positives first. Not ignoring the negatives, but looking at the positive. How can I take something and realize it's for my greater good? It's not happening to me, but for me. That's just, Again, that's just part of my why statement. So now if I look at my life and say, let's say something negative happens in my life, like this past weekend, I had a big issue with my vehicle, a new vehicle as well. We can go into the story later if you want, but I had a big issue. 
And old me would have gone straight into the negative and been essentially ruining my weekend, my week, right. went into conversations with others and made their days worse. And by knowing my why, by doing all my exercises, by, by doing all my work, I was able to pull myself out fairly quick. Yeah, those thoughts came up. I was able to interrupt them, give myself the positivity. Because if I'm someone that's an optimist and I pride myself in it, and I know that's my gift, why would I allow pessimism to come up? Now, it will come up because the environment is the environment. I can't deal, I can't control all of that, but I can do something with it when it comes up. And that's the power in that. That's the power in knowing your why and then knowing your gifts and strengths. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you on that. Yeah. And and that's part of me. I, um, I often look at things in a different perspective. Um, uh, in our church, we say, your perspective if you're, is your reality. And so I often look at things in a different perspective. And a lot of people say it's annoying <laughs> because when they want to complain, I'm, you know, giving them solutions instead of egging on or hand clapping what they think their problem is. And so uh, a lot of times people say it's annoying, but uh, it's mostly just so you can shift your view a little bit. And that helps. It helps with um, helps with your mood. It helps with your. I think it helps you with thinking, because if I'm telling you something and you're receiving it, first of all, because you have to receive it, because <laughs> you can't just be like, ah, oh, I don't want to hear what you got to say. But if I'm telling you something that's the total opposite of what you think you're experiencing right now, and you you receive it, you're able to think it think about it in a different point of view, then I think it actually helps you and it helps your mood and it helps you think and adjust adjust to things pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, that, that one is an interesting uh, topic there, right? And I, I believe we can have a full conversation on that alone because from what I've seen, and I, I, I used to be at the extreme of what you just mentioned, always jumping into solutioning and giving different perspectives. Yeah. And what I've come to realize is that unfortunately, or for depending on how you look at this, a lot of people, especially if something just happened, they just want to have someone that they that listens to, listen. to them, right? Because yeah. <laughs> all of us, and I'll tell you this, Tashana, this is hard for me to admit, but all of us have the answers within. Mm -hmm. But if we don't get a chance to share out, to, to feel our feelings, to feel our emotions, either with ourselves or others, we're never going to get to our answers. Yeah. And different perspectives helps, but like you said, you said a key thing there, they have to be open to receiving it. Yeah. So, what I do nowadays that has helped me a lot, when a situation like that comes up and someone comes to me and let's say they reach out and say, hey, I need to talk to you. Something happened. I need to talk to you. My first question is always, I'm like, I am here for you, first of all. So that's not a question. That's a statement. But second question is like, do you want me to just listen or would you like my opinion? And now you're giving them a choice to tell you. If they say, no, I would love your opinion, then pretty much they're open to receiving or right. Well, some are, some still are. But if they say, you know what, I just want you to listen, then it's also your your opportunity to be like, I'm an active listener. I'm not gonna give you my opinion unless I'm asked for. And that's that that shift alone has made a big difference in the quality of the relationships and how well my opinion is received, if I may. Yeah. Okay. I never asked that question. <laughs> oh, trust me, I didn't for most of my life either. I mean, it's again, it might work for someone, it might not. That's what I do. I'm going to try. I'll try that. 
Um, uh, what are some practical tips for someone who's looking for um, a holistic pro- approach to their personal development, their career, um, relationships, and like overall well-being? What are like yeah. some tips? Great question, Dashanda. There. So first off, let's let's define holistic because again, it has different definitions for many people. I'll tell you my definitions. You, you people can make up their own. But for me, holistic is looking at everything you're doing in life across four areas of life, uh, main ones. So one is your mental pillar, one is your emotional pillar, one is your physical pillar, and then one is your spiritual pillar. And within those, you're going to have things like finances and relationships and other things will show up. So when I say holistic, it's taking a holistic look at all these areas of your life and ideally keeping a balance. You can focus on one more in one season and the other, but not ignoring them. So for example, I was someone that I ignored my physical pillar for a very long time, either in sleep, in activity, or in diet, because I prioritized my mental pillar, which was all about my mindset and my psychology, or I prioritized my emotional pillar, or ignore my emotional pillar, rather, where, oh man, I don't need to feel my emotions, you know, all that (laughs) stuff that happens in the world. So you have this imbalance where essentially you may be strong in one or two areas, but the other two will drag you down really fast. Because if I'm not sleeping well enough, it doesn't matter how strong my mindset is, it's not really going to hold up in the long term. If I don't take care of my emotions, it doesn't matter how well I eat and how much muscle I have on me, I'm going to be a mess. Right. So there's, there has to be this balance. And the example I give people a lot is like, think of a car, a vehicle it has four tires, right? Think of each pillar as one of the tires. What happens if the tires, you know, one is underinflated, overinflated, one is out of balance or like two are out of balance with the ones in the back. You sure your car is still working, but it's going to be bumpy. Mm-hmm. If it's really bad, you might not even get to your destination, right? Or you get to a completely different destination. So think of it that way. So how do you bring more into your life? is by realizing that there will be seasons of your life. So maybe in the summer, you want to focus more on your physical aspect because you like hiking in nature. I mean, I'm talking from someone that's in Canada where half the time it's cold, half the time it's warm. So let's say you really like activity outside only, so you're going to focus on your physical aspect in the summer around activity and diet and whatnot. And in the winter, you still want to keep balance because you can have you know, complete extremes and hope for the best, at least not most of us. So that's how I'll bring it in as well. Sleep is another one as a good example because some of these elements of the pillars will have a much bigger ripple effect than we think. Sleep is a big one that I found. Activity and diet go hand in hand. I'm someone that's on a physical journey now, but here's the beauty. When I looked at my pillars, I wanted to balance them. I wanted to finally go on a, let's call it a, a, well, a physical well-being journey where I lost the weight, I got back in shape, I kept hitting roadblocks where I'll be good for two months or three months and then I'll self-sabotage. Why? Because that emotional pillar I talked to you about earlier, that was not being handled. So I had all this trauma from when I was young that I didn't even know about. I had all these emotions pent up that when something would happen, I would have a reaction that I had no control over, nor was I even aware, that would send me to food or put me on a path where I would self-sabotage myself. And I'm sure many people can relate to that. And that's what I mean by looking at all these areas of your life and not ignoring one. And you have children, Taishana, so this analogy might resonate with you better than it does with me as I don't have children. But let's say you have four kids, right? Mm -hmm. And 
obviously maybe one of them is a on the path to becoming a professional sports player. Obviously, you're going to dedicate a bit more time to them in certain years because you have to take them to practices back and forth. Yeah. But likely, you're not going to ignore the other three kids. And hopefully, you aren't. Most parents yeah. aren't, right? So that's how I would say, like, you don't ignore your kids. There will be seasons when you focus on one more than the others, and that's fine. But you still show, lo show love and bring balance to all of them. And that's the same with our own areas of life. And that's why I say holistic. And that's why when people come and work with me as a client, we don't just look at, okay, let's tackle your mindset. I'm a mindset coach and I only go after mindset. Now, don't get me wrong, nothing wrong with that because you're specialized there, right? You know that when you come to that person, you're going to work on mindset. But if the foundation is weak, it doesn't really matter how good of a mindset coach I am, it's going to crumble. So that's where the holistic approach comes in because instead of looking at one area in isolation, we look at where's the biggest fire, we put it down and that has a ripple effect across your entire life. And then you can start tackling. Well, now I'm going to go after the physical aspect and the emotional. And then next season, I'm going to go after the mentality side or the mental side of it and so on. That's awesome. I like that. I like that. I'm on my physical journey too. <laughs> it's, it's a journey for sure. <laughs> it is. I'm struggling. I'm struggling with like five pounds. Why is that a struggle? What, what? <laughs> it's killing me. It's like I keep teetering with these five pounds. Like I can't get past them. I don't know what it is. I mean, from I, I, I'm no expert in that area. One thing I know that that I didn't realize myself that there is a lot of emotional stuff that that holds holds uh, us back a lot in that area. So when I started working on those aspects, pretty much the the weight issue is taking care of itself in a way wow. like i'll give you an example myself so last year in 2023 i made a huge progress on my spiritual path on my emotional path mental path i worked with therapists and coaches a hypnotherapist which was phenomenal and finally things started to click around november of last year and since november of last year to today which is like the middle of january i'm down like 40 pounds with almost I wouldn't say no effort because it still takes effort, but like it, it never felt this easy in my life yeah. because I dealt with the emotions that would pull me back into, oh, but I want to go with this. I want to have this craving. I want to do this. Now, of course, I'm making it sound simple. There are other elements to it, but it can be the simple once you deal with certain aspects of yourself that you have ignored for your life because you didn't know any better and it's not anyone's fault, but now you can bring to your awareness. It's not that I just want to lose five pounds. No, that would be silly. I'm just, I'm just, I have lost a lot of weight. I've lost about 20, about 28 pounds. And that's awesome. And I want to go um, 15 to 20 more, but I keep teetering on these five pounds. It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down within these five pounds. It's like, I can't break past those five pounds. I don't know what it is, but I will start to do a bigger search on, is it an emotional blocker? Is it um, a spiritual blocker? Is it um, mental? Yeah, it could be. I mean, it could be many things. Like for example, for me, it was also I say a physical blocker in the sense that I wasn't taking the right supplements. Perhaps I had to adjust what I eat, but I couldn't really adjust what I ate too much because of travel for work yeah. in some regards. And that was impacted by my emotions, right? Because I had these feelings or deep-seated beliefs 
that I had to eat a certain way or that I allow cravings in that I had very little control over. And then if you don't have control over your impulses and whatnot in certain situations, then you, you grab the chocolate or you go for something unhealthy. Now it feels like I have more power because deep down I am that person that makes the better choices. Now it doesn't mean I'm perfect all the time. It means I can extend myself grace and say, you know what, if I want to have the chocolate, I'll have the chocolate. But instead of do, doing that every day, it's more like, you know, once a month or once every two weeks or whenever I feel like it, really. Yeah. Yeah. More, more, it's more discipline and self-control now so that it's not really yeah. guilt when you actually do it. And I love what you said that it's more discipline and self-control, but without actually forcing it, which is what many people teach and what I tried many times with coaches and, and personal trainers is like, oh, you got to force yourself. You got to, you know, mm. like, how do you fight human nature in a way? How do you find those limiting beliefs and those emotions and thought patterns that you've built your entire life? Right. You can't just like, it will work. That's why I'm saying it might work for a month or two because your willpower is strong at times. Your motivation is strong, but then your foundations are so weak that everything else crumbles. And then the self-sabotage kicks in. And if you're like me, and I know many people that are in this path, You'll go on this binge episode where like you wake up two weeks later, it's like, oh, you know, that one cheat meal turned into two weeks of cheat meals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know we all have done it. And I am so and glad we have people. It's part of life. That's how we learn, right? Yeah. I mean, we do. We learn by experiences. And I think with us sharing our experiences and sharing our point of view, we're definitely helping people. And that's what I aim to do. Um, exactly with anything as long as I can help one person I feel like I have done what God want me to do so even with something as little as oh I want to lose five pounds I know some people may be like well we don't care that you want to lose five pounds but um, I think just in with us sharing sharing our story sharing our lives sharing our experiences we can help each other a hundred percent agreed couldn't agree more yeah is there anything you want to let the audience know about? Anything coming up, projects, or where to reach you before we end today? Well, I have a lot of projects coming up with 2024. I'm not going to spoil too many right now, but if you want to reach me, best way is the website unleashthyself.com or on LinkedIn, Constantine Bo Morun. On LinkedIn, send me a message. At e if you want to email me, if you want to go old school, I love email. So, Constantine. There's no E at the end in my name, right? So it's C-O-N-S-T-A-N-T-I-N at unleashthyself.com. Always happy to chat. I mean, if you want to work with me, you can always reach me there. I'm going to have my personal website go up with all those details as well in the coming weeks or months. And yeah, like I said, many exciting things. I'll have some courses go up on the topics we talked about. I'll have a second podcast coming up soon, uh, retreats, public speaking engagements. There's a lot. It but amazing. it will take it will take it will take a bit of time because time is the one resource we can make more of, right? So we gotta work with what we have and there are building blocks to each of it. But Tashanda, it's been such a pleasure to chat with you and have a conversation here. Thank you for the beautiful questions and thank you to the audience for putting up with us for an hour. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you for your time and your story and your spirit. I, I loved having you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today on the Who God Says podcast. 
with your host and Kingdom Ambassador, Ty Chandra. Go to whogodsays.com to join the mailing list for episode premieres, upcoming guests, and more. Send in your questions to be a part of the show at whogodsays at gmail.com. And don't forget, join the Kingdom Fanatic community. Until next time, be blessed and also be a blessing.